The following program is recorded content created by the Truth Network. Wake up, everyone. It's time for the Steve Noble Show, where biblical Christianity meets the everyday issues of life in your home, at work, and even in politics. Steve is an ordinary man who believes in an extraordinary God. And on his show, there's plenty of grace and lots of truth, but no sacred cows. Call Steve now at 866-34-TRUTH. That's 866-34-TRUTH. Or check him out online at thestevenobleshow.com. And now, here's your host, Steve Noble. Welcome back, everybody. I hope you had a great weekend. Sorry I couldn't be here on Friday. I popped out to something I would recommend to all of you. Uh, if you're in the North Carolina area, it'll be easier for you. It's the Cove, which is the Billy Graham Training Center in Asheville. It's a little bit of heaven on earth. It really is. I've never, I've been to a lot of places. I've never been to any place like this. So it's just beautiful. They own about 1,500 acres there. And just a spectacular conference center. It's just beautiful. They never turn off the frozen yogurt machine. And the food's excellent. The accommodations are incredible. Uh, so my buddy Dan Forrest, who used to be the <clears throat> most excellent lieutenant governor here in the state of North Carolina for two terms, uh, started that about 10 years ago. It's called the Black Mountain Weekend. And that's uh, just men from around the state that come out. And they had one uh, speaker scheduled to go. And then he got covid uh, an incredible Christian thinker. His name's Ken Boa. And he got COVID. So Dan, uh, I got a call from Dan Thursday morning. He's like, hey, would you be willing to speak some at this? I'm like, sure, of course. So I uh, went out there on Friday and I spoke early Sunday morning, uh, which was great. And uh, it's just an incredible place. So if you ever have a chance to go, especially if you're married, take your spouse with you. Uh, it's an incredible weekend, just a beautiful place. They have incredible teachers there throughout the year. Uh, Ann Graham Lotz is always out there, and Franklin Graham does stuff out there. But there's uh, incredible Bible teachers from all over the country. It really is an amazing place. So that was my weekend. I hope you had an excellent weekend as well. And, of course, uh, always breaking news and things going on uh, in the world of finance. But if if you didn't check your uh, calendar, today is Monday, May 1st, uh, which uh, means we're going to do a full show with our good friend David Fisher Monday, May 1st, which means that May the 4th be with you is right behind that, just a couple days out <laughs> for all my Star Wars people out there. Uh, but, David, it's good to see you. How are you? Welcome back. Makes me want to say Mayday, 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 because <laughs> we went on the banking uh, system here just recently. But thank you for having me on my, your program. And if I, I have to, for full disclosure, I'm kind of a little bit tongue-twisted today, so I'm going to try and pronounce my words. I... I'm feeling great. I had a medical uh, procedure. I, I pulled a wire in my pacemaker. So last Thursday, I got to go under the knife. Um, I'm fantastic recovery still. It has nothing to do with that. This is, if anything, is from being overactive, not underactive. So, <laughs> but uh, it's, they had to cut my chest muscle. It's, I'm on some pain pills. Yeah. So if I kind of say something that doesn't quite make sense, uh, I'm putting my there, I did it. Yeah. Put my disclosure <laughs> out there uh, to get my thoughts together. So, apologize for you. In I think the odds are always in my favor when it comes to saying something that doesn't make sense. So, <laughs> I'm pretty good at that. Uh, and uh, God's grace will cover both of us. But uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll we'll pray for you later on in the show, David. And uh, thank you. And we're with, always walking down this road together. Whatever's going on in my life, whatever's going on in your life, and your family, and my family, and our friends uh, throughout radio and Facebook and podcasts, whatever the case may be. We're all brothers and sisters in Christ, so we walk down these roads together, but it's uh, great to have you back, and praise the Lord that you're recovering well. Well, uh, 
you've been saying this for weeks. I think we've all kind of un- understood this. To what extent, I don't know about the the banking crisis. Uh, said that you know we're not out of it. Of course, from the uh, current administration, they like to think that we're not out of it. And some other stories I saw today, other people acting like we're not out of it. But based on the First Republic Bank, second biggest bank failure in American history, doesn't look so good. Yeah, I've been saying J.P. Morgan, uh, CEO Jamie Dimon has said uh, we're not out of the crisis. Warren Buffett has been saying we're not out of the banking crisis. They're both saying it's going to get worse. And they were right. And I've been saying the same thing. So we've had five bank collapses uh, year to date. This was number six. This was the second largest. The largest was Washington Mutual in 2008. So to say, and I'll go on record, we're still not out of it. In fact, I think we're still in the early Mm -hmm. throes of this. Let's put this into perspective. Uh, This has been going on when Signature uh, Bank went under and Silicon Valley Bank went under. They were talking about First Republican Bank back then, yeah. a month ago. Yeah, They were wondering, if is it going to survive? And I was watching it. So the stock uh, last Tuesday collapsed 50% on that day. Yikes. One Wednesday, day. 19%. <laughs> and year to date, it's down 97%. It hasn't even opened today. It's, it's stuck at $3.51, Steve. Oh, uh, so the losses in the stock side of it is just incredible. The money side, people haven't lost money in the depository side. Uh, David Faber, who, uh, C, who's a talk show host at CNBC, said on Wednesday that the government officials are currently willing to enter, aren't, excuse me, currently willing to intervene in First Republic rescue process. So they're just letting it, you know, kind of fall apart. Yeah. yeah. And I'm going to share something here in reference to that just makes my blood boil. Uh, because we knew months and months ago about all this problem, the Fed did. But going going back to this bank, J.P. Morgan on Sunday bought it out. But previous to that, about a month ago, there was three, excuse me, five institutions, J.P. Morgan, Wells Fargo, City, I can't remember the other ones off the top of my head. Um, they, they put $30 billion in First Republic. It wasn't enough money to, to save the bank. The, the bank is worth $233 billion. So it's much larger than Silicon Valley and Signature Bank. Man. Uh, J.P. Morgan paid t- only $25 billion for it. And they got all their deposits, uh, which which was $173, or excuse me, $92 billion of, of money. Uh, they uh, took over the $173 billion of loan, but there's a clause in there that the FDIC will be responsible for 80% of the losses. So I don't want to go through all the numbers because it takes too much time. But the bottom line is JP Morgan got an incredible, incredible, I'll say it a few more times, incredible, incredible deal on yeah, this that yeah. cost them hardly anything. And they're the only bank that would take this on, which is just sounds incredible because there's the, the government said on Sunday, Put your bids in there, and and, and they're the only ones won. that really stepped up. Yeah, and then they had a run on the bank on First Republic Bank, and people, their customers at the time, just uh, in the last couple of weeks, went and took a hundred billion dollars in deposits out of there within a couple of days. And uh, this is not the first; it certainly won't be the last. It's the second biggest in American history, 
And the hits just keep coming. I think the Fed's more worried about managing uh, headlines than they are reality. We'll pick it up there when we come back with David Fisher. Welcome back. It's Steve Noble, the Steve Noble Show. For all of you on uh, Facebook Live and Rumble today, try not to covet. Try not to covet that new giant awesome Lego Republic gunship on top of my little little uh, display case behind my desk. Try not to covet. It's all right. You know, uh, God uh, works in different ways for different people. So there you go. And I'm wearing a Star Wars T-shirt. I'm so geeked out today. I don't even know why. Uh, I just am. We're here talking to our good friend David Fisher from Landmark Capital. LandmarkGold.com, as always. LandmarkGold.com. If you want to follow up on information, the things we talk about, you want to get educated yourself, uh, then David and his team are ready to talk to you. And that's what happened to me six or seven years ago, 2016, I think it was. And that's uh, when I got educated and spent uh, several hours on a few different phone calls with David because I didn't understand all the precious metal stuff. And I was just thinking in terms of Glenn Beck and some other people, it all sounded kind of strange to me. But once I got educated, I'm like, okay, this makes perfect sense. Uh, And it became a a part of our balancing, our diversification in the Noble family. So that's why we talked to David about that. Uh, That's right in the center of his wheelhouse. But just the financial situation in general, we talk about this regularly. Once a week on Mondays, we do Monday, 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 Monday update. Uh, But the first Monday of the month, which today happens to be, we do a full show so that we can all pay attention to what's going on, not just here in America, but around the world. All these things are tied together. The Bible talks a lot about money and possessions, and so that's why it has a... Uh, a regular appearance here on the show with our good friend David. So as always, David, thank you for sharing your wisdom and everything you're learning. I know you're working on this stuff all the time. It's just a great blessing for all of us. Well, thank you for having me. I, I know we were talking about uh, J.P. Morgan and... Buying uh, the train wreck First Republic yeah, Bank. And then we exactly. were talking about the Fed. Yeah, so the Fed, check this out. I, this was, I, I gathered this information off CNBC this morning that the Federal Reserve was told late last year, Steve, in an 11-page report put together by Fed staffers. This report was given to the Fed board members. It laid out the environment piece by piece on how 31 banks, 31 U.S. banks, had negative tangible equity by the end of the third quarter of last year. So in other words, the Fed knew the banking problem was going on by the third quarter last year, the end of it. And there was 31 banks that this report clearly laid out piece by piece. What did the Fed leadership do? Nothing. Nothing. In fact, Steve Leisman, who is a spokesperson at CNBC, he asked a Fed official, why they didn't act upon this information. The response by the Fed was, this was just an information presentation, not an action presentation. (laughs) So in other words, that's like our wives, either Gina or Marianne saying to us, oh, by the way, I don't know if you saw the kitchen garbage, it's getting a little bit full. That's the signal to take out the garbage. Right, one would think. (laughs) Okay, one would think that. But the Fed doesn't think that way. And the Cato Institute is now saying publicly they're expecting another trillion dollars to come out of the U.S. banking system this wow. year. Well, this this uh, and this shouldn't surprise us. Do you still have the uh, 
the video on your YouTube channel from when yeah. those guys were meeting as Fed people yeah. and, and were meeting and they're talking about uh, what we should let the public know and what we shouldn't let them know. And it's right there. And that came out. And so that's on your YouTube channel for Landmark Gold on YouTube. And, and it's amazing because they're, they, they know that if we had full access to the truth, that that would be a huge problem for them. Because all of a sudden, people would be like going, uh, what, what what, are you talking about? And they knew at the end of the third quarter last year that 31 banks had negative equity. And no, that's just an informational meeting. That's not about taking action. I don't care. That's the information that leads to the action. Exactly. And you took no action. <laughs> and just to clarify, the YouTube video that we were referring to got pulled. Of course it's it no did. no longer out there. But I had a copy of it. So it's, if you go to landmarkgold.com, we have we put it on our server so you can see it. Go to the click on the television word and then you'll see the, the video right at the top. But yeah, the, the FDIC didn't want it to get out there and that's why they pulled it. All right. Yeah. I'm going to put that link out on Facebook live. I just got to it. I'm going to put it on Facebook live and on rumble. We'll see how long it takes uh, Facebook live to, to pull that rumble. won't. <laughs> rumble will leave it up there. Praise the Lord. Uh, but Facebook, uh, there's a good chance they will. So I'm putting that link up there. Go watch it for yourself, and you'll see what's going on. Uh, there's a lot more information, a lot more truth that they're holding on to. They don't want us to know because then we get unruly. And you don't like it when the people get unruly because they might grab uh, the proverbial political pitchfork, and that wouldn't be so good for a lot of people in office today. So so that's a big deal. Is it is this a st- effect of the stock market? I mean, the stock market at the end of the day is down 46. It was up about 130 earlier in the day. That's just one day, though. So can we expect any uh, significant impact on the stock market in terms of the First Republic Bank collapse and being bought by JP? So I think, we, I think it's already factored in, Steve. If you look at the months of... Um, April, historically from 1980 to 2019, the month of April, it, the market moves up about one and a half percent normally per year, uh, each year that month. Now, this is the, the best month of the year normally. Well, it was flat uh, to slightly down, depending on which index you're going to. The S&P was down almost one percent. The other indexes were flat and slightly down. So I think it's already factoring in that the, the First Republic was going to fail and people, you know, get concerned when the market, when we have bank failure because it creates uncertainty. Yeah. Um, so I think it's we're back into the possibly sell and may go away, the historical, you know, adage of, of what we're talking about. But I think I'm more concerned moving forward uh, that we're going to see a recession. Uh, so far, there's been 70 bankruptcies this year. It's the third largest bankruptcy in the history of the United States. Uh, and I think we're going to see a liquidity problem because all the central banks of the world have been pulling money out of the system. They've been raising rates. They're, they're, they're tightening is what they call it. But the bank of Japan has been loosening and now they have inflation over their rampant at three and a half percent. And so we're going to see the bank of Japan pivot here and they're going to tighten, which means the last entity out of the whole financial system globally has been been throwing liquidity in the system now they're turning that valve off and when they do so we could possibly see a lack of liquidity that's what triggered 2008 when the system went into a grind and there was no liquidity that's where we're headed Mm -hmm. this is the triggering point uh, first republican of that uh republic of that i think we're going to see more um blocks being added to the wall that will confirm all that I mean, I mentioned this last week. This was in uh, Elon Musk's long format conversation he had with uh, Tucker Carlson. And I've heard heard some other people talking about it recently. I talked to somebody else over the weekend. 
that's in the industry uh, and the in the impending uh, trouble for commercial real estate. Uh, Elon Musk was talking about the uh, the rates in commercial real estate, like in San Francisco, where they actually have real estate leased out. It's like forty to fifty percent, and so they've got a bunch of notes coming due later this year. And they won't be able to pay them if they don't have people leasing their their real estate. And so we got that on the horizon as well. When we come back, David, I want to talk about we'll do a little re-education, not the government type, but <laughs> the Money Monday type. We'll do a little re-education on de-dollarization, and we'll get an update on that. And we'll also talk about the global central bank digital currency coming to a bank account near you and the U.S. government moving down that road as well. From an eschatological standpoint, it's all lining up nicely. We'll be right back. Welcome back. It's Steve Noble, the Steve Noble Show. I appreciate the fact that we have some smooth Motown going on there. Even though we're talking about things that are definitely not smooth and what's going on in the market. So I'm like, calm down. Listen to a little Motown. That might help. We are just uh, David Fisher, of course, with Landmark Gold is with me. Landmarkgold.com. We were talking on the break. If you're on Facebook Live or on Rumble, then uh, you, you heard what we were talking about. But for those of you on radio and on the podcast, uh, I mentioned it at the end of the last segment, the whole commercial real estate thing that we're going to get into de-dollarization, which we're going to continue to talk about. But commercial real estate, you said, David, you, you read from an article predicting a 40% downturn in commercial real estate in the next couple of years. And then uh, $2.9 trillion in commercial real estate loans. About half of that needs to be uh, renegotiated. What's well, $2.9 trillion needs to be renegotiated. At higher rates and occupancy rates, which we were talking about, like in San Francisco at 40 and 50%, and so the commercial real estate, the, the businesses are the, the owners of these commercial properties are in big trouble because you only have 50 percent of your space leased out. And then you got to re, renegotiate your loan on that, that building, whatever it is. And then your rates are much higher. And now you're just what you're just painted into a corner. And then all of a sudden you're like, well, there's nothing we can do. And the bank takes the property and then the bank has to sell the property at a loss. And one domino after another. I mean, this is just there's a lot of dominoes out there, David. That's just the reality of it. So one of the keys with that is regional banks, which is the bank that just went under. Right. That's a regional bank. First Republic. First Republic, Silicon, <clears throat> uh, Silicon Valley Bank. That was a, a regional bank. Regional banks hold 70 to 80% of that commercial real estate paper. Wow. According to Morgan Stanley, who did the research on this. <laughs> this is from their chief investment officer. Lisa Shallot. So this is this is correct data. It's not some way off website. It's mainstream media saying we're headed for a major train wreck in the commercial real estate market that could trigger a whole lot of things yeah. Oh, yeah. in the banking industry. This is why we're not out of the banking crisis at all. We yeah. might be just starting. And that's why we have to pay attention to all these details because you have to be defensive. Uh, we haven't been given a spirit of fear, uh, but of right. love, power, and a sound mind. And a sound mind will dictate uh, what we do with whatever amount of finances, home loans, whatever the deal is, we all have money to deal with at some level. And so that's why we talk about this regularly, that, that whatever that looks like in your world in terms of just being a good steward and being diversified, which David talks about all the time, a portion to seven, a portion to eight. I mean, you don't know what's on what's going to drop on your head, but we do know what's going on out there in the world of finance and banking. 
And that's why we pay attention to it, because we're all on this uh, little globe together. And financially, these dominoes all line up. And so we have to pay attention. You to go, ah, de-dollarization and digital currency and commercial real estate. We just have a modest home and a modest income. That's not going to touch us. Yes, it is. It touches everybody. When a big giant rock gets dropped in the ocean and you live anywhere in or on the ocean, you're going to get affected. So that's why we have to continue talking about this. All right, de-dollarization, remind us what that is and then uh, give us an update on that, please. Well, it's, it's like the tide. The tide goes out. Right. And we as the central bank, uh, the United States dollar is the currency of the world reserve. And so dollars have been going out to the rest of the world for 80 years. Wow. Eight decades, we've had this benefit of having the world reserve currency. You would think that we would take care of that. We're doing just the opposite. In fact, we're spending way too much. We're printing way too much. We're having this debt ceiling crisis that we can't get under control. And the world is looking at this. Well, why do I need the dollar involved with when I'm buying? If I'm China and I'm buying from Brazil, why is the dollar involved in that? Because it's been established that way 80 years ago. And so, well, we were the the, we were the firm foundation for a long yes, time, and yes. we're not. It's like, hey, let's switch to Venezuelan dollars. Nobody's yes. going to do that because Venezuelan's a train wreck. Well, with America moving down the road of being a bigger and bigger train wreck all the time, why would anybody want to use dollars? It makes perfect sense. And they have no incentive, right? You know, we're trading between our two countries. Why is the United States involved in that? So this is why. It's a common sense thing, but it's also a fearful thing on their part, Steve, because they see how our financial house were way out of yeah, order. Yeah. So the dollar de-dollarization is for 80 years, the dollar's been moving to the four corners of the earth. Now the four corners of the earth countries are moving that dollar back to the United States and saying, we're, we, have a, we have a choice in this. Right. So just because the, the dollar is the world reserve currency doesn't mean that's that by law. The world chose that, and the world is choosing to not use the yeah. dollar globally like it was before. So we're seeing this. This is like a race car. We've been out of the pit, and we're kind of getting ready to go on for 80 years. We've been kind of getting ready to go on the racetrack, moving kind of slowly in some lower gears. Well, all of a sudden, we just got on the racetrack. We shifted, and it's going as fast as we can. That's what the world is doing. They're shifting as fast as they can out of dollars using the yuan, using the ruble, using their own currencies, the European Union, yep. the euro. China is using their currency with, with Brazil, Brazilian real. So they're choosing not to use the dollar. And this is a big black eye. This is how we support the overspending of our country. So we've seen a huge run out of the dollar here. It's like it's ramped up, Steve. I've never seen anything like it before. There's not a day that I go by when I click on some news article that they're talking about the dollar de-dollarization. Mm. It is a fact. It is a, the fabric of our country now. It is this movement that is not going to change. In fact, it's going to get a lot worse for our country, unfortunately. And that means financial crisis because we won't be able to pay our bills unless we get the world to buy our debt right well they're not buying our debt they're selling our debt and this is where we have a financial impasse problem at the very time when the world should be buying most of our debt they're selling it yeah so if everything you have is in dollars and all your investments are in dollars and for all of us that pretty much is other than something like uh real estate but even real estate 
we trade it in dollars, but real estate is a hard asset. And then things like gold and silver. But when you look at your 401k, that's in dollars. And if all of a sudden your dollar value is cut by 30%, guess what? That's what your 401k just did. That's why the, the value of the dollar is so important to follow that, which we'll continue to talk about. Pretty much we talk that gets mentioned every week now when we do Money Mondays. A couple of weeks ago, David, you mentioned global central bank digital currency. So think for everybody, think kind of crypto, you're kind of in the world of digital currency, but instead of having a, a dollar bill and some change and denominations, everything's digital. You don't, you don't have anything in your wallet. You're not going to the bank and pulling out $20 bills. It's all digital. So what's going on with that? The global central bank digital currency, which sounds like it's part of a Hunger Games movie or something. And it's part of the fulfilling of scripture is what it is. Yeah. So how do we get to a one world system? You got to have a world system financially. And that's where we're headed. So the International Monetary Fund, uh, April 15th, unveiled that they launched a new global digital currency called the Universal Monetary Unit. It's also known as Unicoin. And this is a central bank digital currency designed to work in conjunction with all existing national currencies. So here's the transition of us using our currency and let's say somebody doesn't want to use dollars anymore, but they want to be part of the global system. Here's how you still remain part of the global system. You X out the dollar and this whole new digital currency called the Universal Monetary Unit becomes the mechanism of trade on how countries trade amongst each other. It goes one step further than this. And there's a project that's called Project Icebreaker, and that is put together by the Bank of International Settlements. So you have these two big entities, the International Monetary Fund and the Bank of International Settlements, with the Fed bows down to both of them because yeah. they're the controlling entity of the global system, financially speaking. Project Icebreaker is a um, system that is being launched in Israel, Norway, and Sweden, on a project that is in essence the the platform that how currencies digital currencies that is will trade amongst each other there's a video if you type in project icebreaker you can watch a video that you know gives a you know cartoonish version of it yeah. it's it's very detailed it's not if this is coming this is coming both of these are coming both have been One's been launched, the other one is being tested to be launched. If they go full completion of a full launch on both sides, that means that we that's how you get to a one world system. Yeah, and then eventually as things get worse, I mean, this is the way I always look at it. As, as things get worse, uh, people become desperate and they're willing to concede more and more of their personal freedoms, their liberty, their they get fear, they get fearful, and then they just start looking for anybody to solve the problem. Of course, that's almost always going to be some government major authority. And people talk about, oh, socialism, socialism, socialism is small potatoes. The real issue is corporatism. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about corporations banking the wealthiest people. I, and I know it sounds like a James Bond movie, but it's real. That's corporatism. That's an oligarchy. That's how you get from a biblical perspective. How do you whittle 200 countries down to 10 kingdoms? It's pretty easy if you're paying attention, which is why we're always talking to David. LandmarkGold.com. We're going to pick it up there when we come back. LandmarkGold.com. It says website as always. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. I was like, this just 
unnatural. Since I was a little boy with the toy gun Never really wanted to be number one Welcome back. It's Steve Noble, the Steve Noble Show. Hope you're doing well. By the way, if you ever missed a show, which we all do, nobody lives based on a live schedule anymore, but you can always check it out. Uh, at Facebook, Facebook Live. We do that each day. So you can go to the Steve Noble Show page on Facebook. You can go to our page on Rumble. We're live on both of those places right now. So you would be here in the studio with us by by video. And then uh, in this case with David Fisher, our good friend from Landmark Capital, LandmarkGold.com, we have conversations while the commercial breaks on radio are playing. Or, and you don't hear that on, on podcast either. But if you're in Facebook Live and on Rumble, you can, uh, and you can check those out later. Uh, but the podcast is available on all the major podcast platforms. So if you ever miss it, or, or on my website, if you go to the stevenobleshow.com, you can just do a search. And you want to find every time we talked about banking, every time I talked about abortion, every time I talked about Trump, every time I talked about transgenderism, just put it in there. And any podcast that has that as a part of the, the content will show up. So you can actually search by subject on there as well uh, when you don't have a chance to tune in live. Uh, but it's always out there. So just trying to do our part to shine our lights for the Lord and for other people. We're all in this together. And so that's why we talk about these things with David every week. But again, David, as always, thanks for being here. No, thank you. It's my honor always to be with you, my brother. You're a dear friend. And I learned from you spiritually. Did I? Uh, also in uh, all details and just your communication skills, I admire. Well, thank you very much when I'm not uh, tripping over my own tongue. <laughs> that that <laughs> happens be... more as I get older and I'll just like, all of a sudden I'll just go blank. You probably experienced that as well. Oh, yeah. And I'm right like, ah, I am. <laughs> and it's literally just gone. Like somebody hit the erase button. And, uh, and, and that happens on the air, which isn't great. <laughs> well, I might have I been ready to say the most profound thing I've ever said. Oh, but that's gone. So it doesn't really matter what I was about to say. It's just <laughs> see you later. So we were talking about the central bank digital currency. I put up a link on Facebook and Rumble for that. Uh, it's about a five-minute video on YouTube called Project Icebreaker. <clears throat> and this is out there. It's happening. This is corporatism. This is the World Economic Forum. This is where they all want to go because it gives ultimate control. Then you fold into that something. If you list, if any of you listen to Glenn Beck, he talks about he's, he's the best at this, talking about uh, the ESG scores, environmental, social, and governance. Basically, what do you think about reality? And if you're a Christian and you have a biblical worldview that is completely incompatible with ESG, talk, think uh, global warming, think uh, uh, any of the homosexual issues, transgenderism, anything with governance and, and how big the government should be as a, as a Christian, if you have a biblical worldview, you, you counter all of that. Uh, and ESG will fold in there as well. So we're talking about ultimately with control. Uh, any other thoughts just on that, David, before we talk about gold and silver, specifically the digital currency and what's going on there? Well, it's going to lower your, your, your credit score, if you will. You know, I'm not right. talking about your financial credit score, your social credit score, which affects you financially. And which affects they, it's come down to ultimate control. They're going to be able to, when Amen, this digital right. currency comes about, you know, they're going to be able to turn on your money, turn off your money. They're going to be able to devalue your money. They're going to be seeing what your spending habits are. Now, if you're spending too much on money on gas, because we got to go green, right. they're going to start charging us a search charge tax on that. So, I mean, it just, it's so far reaching. And this is not just me saying this. I mean, even, uh, the head of the European Union said 
that this is for control. So, I mean, this yeah. is where we're going. We are losing our, our civil and our freedoms, That's civil right. liberties, our freedoms in America. And this is why you got to have some gold and silver outside the system where you don't have 100% of your money right, right. in a system that they can control and dictate at their own whim. Yeah, and that'll become a bigger issue as time goes by. And again, this is ab- about diversification. Uh, it's never about putting uh, all your cards in one thing. You don't put all your chips into one thing. You, you diversify. So so what's going on with, with gold and silver, which are shining rather brightly right now? Gold's almost about $2,000 uh, an ounce right now, just the regular uh, price. But what's happening there in that market? Well, it's up just shy of 10% year to date. Wow. And looking back over a year, it's up 20%. Mm. So basically, since the financial crisis in the banking system came to the light of the Fed, that's when this started to happen. Um, so started to move up. We're starting to see the biggest movement we've ever seen in the history of the world, where central banks are buying the most amount of doll, uh, most amount of gold, but they're getting rid of dollars, US dollars to buy gold. And so if the biggest money in the world are saying we need to transition out of the dollar and buy gold, there's a there's a meaning and reason behind that. We already went over that, so I don't want to repeat that because they don't like what we stand for. They don't like our debt and all those things. But there's it also tells us that when the central banks have done this before, they have an innate way of doing this slightly a year or two before a financial calamity. So if 2022, Steve was the highest purchasing of gold by central banks ever in history, looking back 50 plus years, that tells us something's getting ready to happen. There's a guy that, his name is Michael Lee. I've quoted him before. He is uh, a former Morgan Stanley vice president. So this guy's a smart guy, worked for Morgan Stanley, VP there. He has his own company called the Michael, uh, he's the founder of the Michael Lee Strategy. He says, quote, I don't see how First Republic opens as First Republic on Monday morning. He was right. Yep. He said a lot of things in the past that's been right. Here's what he's saying about the banking industry. He says, you'll see a lot less small savings banks across the country. We could get to the number of banks across the United States cut in half. Wow. He says, just from that, a collapse in the lending institution is what you're going to see countrywide. So he's calling for a collapse in our financial banking system where 50% of the banks are going to go away. Confirms with what we go into a one world system. It's easier to do that when you have less banks. He says, as the economy weakens and the financial calamity sets in, gold will reach much higher prices and potentially even hit five thousand dollars per ounce he's talking this year is what i'm blown away with that's crazy i I don't hold that theory sure that's way too high for my numbers but the point of the matter is this as paper assets become more challenging as the dollar continues to be used less gold becomes used more there's a transition of wealth and the transition is out of paper into security. That's what the biggest money of the world is doing. Right. And silver is the same thing. I could go into a detailed report of silver. There's a shortage going on in silver. So I don't want to leave silver out of it. Silver actually has performed better than gold in the 70s when we had a massive inflation. It performed better in 2001 to 2012. So we believe in both metals. We believe in diversification. 
But if we get into a financial calamity, you're going to want to make sure you have a portion of your 401k or IRA into physical gold and silver and some of your money in the bank yeah. that you have outside of retirement and also have some paper money. This has nothing to do with gold or silver, but it has everything to do with security in the future. If we get into a banking crisis and you can't access your money in the bank and there's no electronic system being used, I know it sounds like a Orwellian theory sure, type yeah. deal, but go over to Cyprus and study that. Yeah. That's what happened there. You're going to want to make sure you have some paper money, not large amounts, but small amounts, maybe a month or so worth of paper money outside the system. But make sure you get some gold and silver outside the system and get a portion of your 401k IRA secured in physical gold and silver, because the, it's not if we're going to have a big, big right, problem, right. it's when and the severity of it. And two things uh, came to mind while you were sharing that, David, was uh, I, 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 think vi- I think a lot of different concepts and things going on into visual terms. And so for me, I'm thinking of uh, tornado movies and where people like out in Kansas have a tornado shelter, which is underground. Mm-hmm. You go underground because that gets you out of the maelstrom of our tornado. There's that. So that's, that's what we're talking about, having assets that are, uh, quote unquote, underground out of the system so that when that crazy tornado comes through and it, and it will come through. Uh, that you're not, you're not, your house isn't completely above ground. You have some underground stuff as well, which is what you're talking about. The other thing that I, that I wanted to remind people is, is we tend to hoard all this information ourselves, but we, most of us have children and grandchildren coming up behind us. And as, and as challenging as this is right now, it's going to be beyond comprehension for them. When all of our kids or grandkids are our age, 30 years, 40 years, 50 years from now, I, I, I don't have the imagination but we should be preparing them, not just ourselves, to be thinking down the road as you get up. A collapse of the dollar, you go towards a one-world currency, and how they protect themselves. We have to make sure we're not just thinking about ourselves and all of this. I would say greater than 60% of my clients are preparing for their children wow. and their grandchildren. Wow. Praise they're, the Lord. They're doing something about it you know, because they, they see it coming. There's children and grandchildren. They can't see it. No, in fact, uh-uh. that, this is the topic that we go through. They don't see it. Mm-hmm. I'm, they won't do it. They don't have the money to do it. I'm in the position to do it. I see it. It's obvious. I need to move this there, and it's going to be there for a long term, yeah. five to ten years, maybe even longer. Yeah. Yeah, and we have to think ahead, again, not just for ourselves, uh, but for our children and grandchildren as much as you're able to. Uh, to try to help them. And uh, and then as they get old enough to have these conversations with them and prepare them, help them to start seeing what's actually going on out there in the world, which is why I value my time every week with all my students to try to help them exercise, build a biblical worldview, and then put it to use as they look at what's going on in the world around them uh, to be able to take every thought captive that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. So there's so much work to do with people to get educated, to be able to walk down this road and understand these things. David, what, what are some of the easiest ways for them to do that in terms of working with you and your team? Well, I'm old-fashioned. I grew up on a farm. Give us a call, 844-604-2575. Have an interactive conversation, and we'll send you out some information. Again, the number is 844-604-2575. Those of you who want to do this electronically, just go to landmarkgold.com. You'll find us there, and you can make an inquiry there also. Excellent. Again, 844-604-2575, 844-604-2575. 2575 or as always landmarkgold.com hang right there david we're gonna uh, pray with you and for you as we uh, finish up the show and you can always join us in that prayer by the way if you jump on facebook live 
or Rumble. But uh, David, as always, thank you so much for your time. We'll do it again real soon. This is Steve Noble on the Steve Noble Show. God willing, I'll talk to you again real soon. And like my dad always used to say, ever forward. Another program powered by the Truth Network.